Chapter 6, Max, Saturday, May 23rd. Instead of the sound of my life ending, I hear her quietly but urgently repeating, Max, 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 wake up! She continues to nudge my shoulder. I jolt myself upright and realize I just had one of the most intensely vivid nightmares I've ever had. I instinctively smack her arm away and she gives me a scolded look. Part of me doesn't feel bad for my reaction when my subconscious seems to be so aware of how false-hearted this girl is. I'm sick to my stomach with the absolute recollection of what just occurred in my mind. Leave me alone, I mumble as I stagger to my feet. What did I do now, she asks with sarcasm in her voice. Did someone wake up on the wrong side of the tree? Well, the two of you give it a break. I thought after last night you might actually stop relentlessly arguing with each other, says my dad. We need to come up with a game plan to get to the cabin as soon as possible. Daylight's coming faster than I want and we need to keep moving. Fine, I reply. I went to sleep feeling hopeful and incredibly optimistic about this entire situation, but now I don't want to be around any of these people. I pull the hood on my sweatshirt up to cover my head, and when no one is looking, I reach up and put one of my earbuds in. Not enough to take away all my senses, but enough to try to let the music soothe my aching soul. The plan for our next move are finalized, and we move out in less than five minutes. That allows enough time for us to gather our belongings and clean up any trace that we were here. I see Skylar out of the corner of my eye, fumbling with the gun my dad let her carry. He said it was a good idea to let Skylar and Wiley both carry one, not knowing what we could be up against again. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Now, as I see her with the gun, I get a flash from my nightmare. I'm startled and sickened at the same time. I try to remind myself it was just a dream, but I can't seem to shake it off. I had forgot that I let Skylar borrow my extra sweatshirt until she hands it back to me. I quickly grab it out of her hand and shove it into my backpack. She manages to speak a swift thank you before I turn my back and walk away. Before I can get far, she grabs my arm. Hey, I turn slightly. Is everything okay? We seemed fine last night, and now you're acting vindictive as hell. I reply, I'm fine, Skylar. Let it go. I pause for a second. And if I wanted to talk to someone, it sure wouldn't be you. I make the same stab that she made at me once upon a time. I see the hurt across her face, but decide to turn my back and continue walking away. We need to move anyway, so I focus my thoughts on the sound of music playing in one ear and the sound of leaves and dirt crumbling beneath my feet in the other. It's a few seconds later before I hear her footsteps crunching across the ground behind me. Her pace is steady and consistent, so I know she's made the decision to not catch up to me to discuss this anymore. The map my dad shot those two men over indicates there is a resource storage building close by. It's only about a half an hour walk with a tiny town in between, and we decide the trip is worth the time to possibly get more supplies. I've got my fingers crossed for a set of wheels. I don't mind the walking. It's rather relaxing, actually. But given the situation as a whole, I would much rather speed all of this up. The sooner we get to the cab and the sooner we can figure out what the hell is going on. 
not to mention I wouldn't mind having some type of freedom. I lower my head and raise my arm at the same time to catch a whiff of my armpit. I'm in need of a shower. We all are. And damn what I wouldn't give to lie down in an actual bed. Plus, I need to process the whole, I'm still a freaking teenager and I just shot someone thing. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions I've experienced on this trip. Jeez, man, I think we all need a moment or 20 to ourselves. I try to take up my mind off myself for a second and nudge Wiley. You doing okay? He kind of chuckles and replies, yeah, considering. I know what you mean. What are you listening to? I didn't realize any of them knew that I had an earbud in one ear. Oh, just a little Manson, some Slipknot, the usual. Ah, the screamo stuff, he smiles. I don't know about all that. Maybe metal. Yeah, maybe you're right. I feel slightly uneasy when I begin to notice houses appear in the distance. I don't know if there are people inside or outside of them. I don't know if they will be friendly or complete lunatics. I don't know whether we will be welcomed or unwanted in this town of theirs. As we make our way towards this tiny little town, I see a sign with the words, Welcome to Lockbourne, population 243. Trees line the neighborhood with a single road going down the middle and a couple small access alleys between houses. We stop shy of the sign, still in the woods behind the town. My dad initiates the conversation. Ideas of what we should do? It's a small town, not many houses. We should be able to go straight through on the main road, I say convincingly. Why would we not risk? Why would we risk not knowing what's waiting for us? Let's go around the back and through the woods, adds Skylar as she points to the wooded area in the distance. I honestly don't prefer to be out in the open, but I also don't want to backtrack and add any more time to this trip. I vote we go straight through, says Wiley. My dad nods. I've been listening and haven't heard any noises from the houses we've approached. I think we should be fine to go straight through. Many, maybe these people were evacuated when shit hits the fan, hit the fan. All we have to do is take the main road straight through, then cross into the field on the other side. He looks off in the distance, then continues. The buildings we need to get to will be about three quarters of a mile if we take the main road. Or maybe three plus miles if we go around. Any other thoughts on what we should do? My dad seems so matter of fact in his speech that I assume his last question was rhetorical and we are going to do what he wants regardless. He tends to make you feel like you're included in the decision, but manipulates you to do what he wants anyway. Which, who can blame him? Leadership is something that comes to him naturally. He takes the lead and I follow up the rear, allowing Wiley and Skylar to walk side by side in the middle of us. My dad and I are especially observant and most able to react with a weapon, so this is the obvious choice of our formation. We begin, begin to pave our path into this rundown town. Town. It's hard to even call this place a town, more like a small village. The houses are nearly at arm's length of each other. Beater cars are parked halfway into the street and halfway into the lawns. I'm not sure if this was because of 
an urgency brought on by a current situation or if that was the norm here. We've already walked by two houses and so far no sign of life. We pass a house with what appears to have Christmas decorations still up from last year. I even see a few Halloween decorations. Maybe they haven't had the time to take them down, or maybe they just find it easier to leave them up year-round. My watch reads 9.14 a.m., and the chill of the morning is finally about to dissipate. The sun poking through the clouds is refreshing and much needed for morale. I always enjoyed this part of the year, when warm weather was finally upon us, and those cold, rainy days of spring are long gone. I appreciate our beautiful winters here in Ohio, but for me... The hot summer days are my favorite. Spending time outside at the cabin exploring nature, that's what I want to be doing. My eyes catch a flash of something, a figure appearing in a doorway at the house to our northeast. I whisper ahead, Dad, to get his attention. He looks over his shoulder and I nod to the direction of the house. He stops walking when he sees her. There on that doorstep, Completely alone stands a school-aged girl wearing a pale blue nightgown and fuzzy purple slippers. She notices us and lethargically stares. My dad crouches slightly and motions for her to come to us. He says to her, Come here, sweetie. We won't hurt you. Are you okay? We can help you. Before he can get a response from her, If she was even going to give him one, another slightly large figure appears from around the backside of the house. It's a woman, middle-aged, slender build with unmanaged, dirty blonde hair. My dad says to the woman, Ma'am, have you lost your daughter? There's a little girl on the front step who seems to be lost. My dad's speech is cut off when we hear a low groan escape the woman and child as they both begin to bolt toward us. He screams, run! We immediately sense the threat and take off running. Skylar has enough speed to maintain a pace with Dad and me, but Wiley falls behind quickly. We dart past the convenience store and laundromat. I look to my right and see another person, but instead of chasing us, he is lying face down in his yard. I can only assume he's dead. We can't help him. I continue to hear the grunts from the woman but the child is not as swift in maintaining our speed. I turn for a second to look over my shoulder and see that the child has actually stopped running and is now wandering aimlessly through the street. But the woman is gaining on Wiley. Panting and almost out of breath, his pace begins to slow. As soon as she gets her chance, the woman leaps toward him and grabs under one of his legs. Wiley trips and his body is viciously thrown to the ground. He screams out. Without a second thought, I turn around and start running toward him. The woman crouches over Wiley and starts punching him in the torso. He yells out in pain but is able to push her back slightly. He takes the opportunity to take his other leg and kick her in the chest, stunning her and throwing her back a few feet off of him. He sits up quickly and scoots back. My dad and I reach Wiley at the same time. I grab him from behind under his arms and try to pull him onto his feet. He's heavier than I thought. The woman regains her balance and lurches toward us, but before she can do any more damage, my dad pulls out his gun and shoots her in the knee. She falls back to the ground and screams loudly, not a scream of pain, but of frustration and anger. Skylar finally reaches Wiley and helps me pull him to his feet. 
A painful moan reaches his lips when he applies pressure to his foot. We each throw one of his arms over our shoulders and turn to look for some safe place to go. We need to find a place to assess his wounds. As we begin to walk away, I hear the vicious sounds escape the woman again. I look over my shoulder and see her bring herself off of the ground. My dad stands there about six feet from her. I know he's analyzing her every move. With his gun still raised and in proper shooting position, I hear him say, Please stop. I don't want to hurt you again. Let me help you. But before he can speak another word to convince her to stop, she leaps at him. There is no stopping the carnage she wishes upon us. The sound of the bullet expelling from the gun surges through my body and echoes through the eerie village. Her body lifelessly hits the ground. My dad does a quick once-over of the area surrounding us and turns quickly to catch us. When he catches up, he motions to a barn up ahead. Skylar is able to temporarily hold Wiley up on her own, so my dad and I can do recon on the barn. We do a complete sweep of the intermediate space surrounding the building. The house on the property is far enough away not to be a huge concern. I'm disappointed to see that the door to the barn is shut and the hinge and latch have been weathered together. My dad takes Wiley's arm to steady him and I ask Skylar to get the flashlight from my backpack. She hands it to me and I use the blunt bottom to forcefully knock the latch free. The thud is loud, and I hope we haven't drawn any more attention to ourselves, but I keep working on getting the door open. Once the lock finally cracks, Skylar and I, I quickly open the door far enough to squeeze in as my dad continues to support Wiley. I click the flashlight on and shine the light into the barn. Once the barn is half-assed secured, we all step inside and shut the door as quietly as possible behind us. Chapter 6, Max, Saturday, May 23rd. Instead of the sound of my life ending, I hear her quietly but urgently repeating, Max, 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 wake up! She continues to nudge my shoulder. I jolt myself upright and realize I just had one of the most intensely vivid nightmares I've ever had. I instinctively smack her arm away and she gives me a scolded look. Part of me doesn't feel bad for my reaction when my subconscious seems to be so aware of how false-hearted this girl is. I'm sick to my stomach with the absolute recollection of what just occurred in my mind. Leave me alone, I mumble as I stagger to my feet. What did I do now, she asked with sarcasm in her voice. Did someone wake up on the wrong side of the tree? Well, the two of you give it a break. I thought after last night you might actually stop relentlessly arguing with each other, says my dad. We need to come up with a game plan to get to the cabin as soon as possible. Daylight's coming faster than I want and we need to keep moving. Fine, I reply. I went to sleep feeling hopeful and incredibly optimistic about this entire situation, but now I don't want to be around any of these people. I pull the hood on my sweatshirt up to cover my head, and when no one is looking, I reach up and put one of my earbuds in. Not enough to take away all my senses, but enough to try to let the music soothe my aching soul. The plan for our next move are finalized, and we move out in less than five minutes. That allows enough time for us to gather our belongings and clean up any trace that we were here. 
I see Skylar out of the corner of my eye, fumbling with the gun my dad let her carry. He said it was a good idea to let Skylar and Wiley both carry one, not knowing what we could be up against again. It seemed like a good idea at the time. Now, as I see her with the gun, I get a flash from my nightmare. I'm startled and sickened at the same time. I try to remind myself it was just a dream, but I can't seem to shake it off. I had forgot that I let Skylar borrow my extra sweatshirt until she hands it back to me. I quickly grab it out of her hand and shove it into my backpack. She manages to speak a swift thank you before I turn my back and walk away. Before I can get far, she grabs my arm. Hey, I turn slightly. Is everything okay? We seemed fine last night, and now you're acting vindictive as hell. I reply, I'm fine, Skylar. Let it go. I pause for a second. And if I wanted to talk to someone, it sure wouldn't be you. I make the same stab that she made at me once upon a time. I see the hurt across her face, but decide to turn my back and continue walking away. We need to move anyway, so I focus my thoughts on the sound of music playing in one ear and the sound of leaves and dirt crumbling beneath my feet in the other. It's a few seconds later before I hear her footsteps crunching across the ground behind me. Her pace is steady and consistent, so I know she's made the decision to not catch up to me to discuss this anymore. The map my dad shot those two men over indicates there is a resource storage building close by. It's only about a half an hour walk with a tiny town in between, and we decide the trip is worth the time to possibly get more supplies. I've got my fingers crossed for a set of wheels. I don't mind the walking. It's rather relaxing, actually. But given the situation as a whole, I would much rather speed all of this up. The sooner we get to the cab and the sooner we can figure out what the hell is going on. Not to mention I wouldn't mind having some type of freedom. I lower my head and raise my arm at the same time to catch a whiff of my armpit. I'm in need of a shower. We all are. And damn what I wouldn't give to lie down in an actual bed. Plus I need to process the whole... I'm still a freaking teenager and I just shot someone thing. Talk about a roller coaster of emotions I've experienced on this trip. Jeez, man, I think we all need a moment or 20 to ourselves. I try to take up my mind off myself for a second and nudge Wiley. You doing okay? He kind of chuckles and replies, Yeah, considering. I know what you mean. What are you listening to? I didn't realize any of them knew that I had an earbud in one ear. Oh, just a little Manson, some slipknot, the usual. Ah, the screamo stuff, he smiles. I don't know about all that, maybe metal. Yeah, maybe you're right. I feel slightly uneasy when I begin to notice houses appear in the distance. I don't know if there are people inside or outside of them. I don't know if they will be friendly or complete lunatics. I don't know whether we will be welcomed or unwanted in this town of theirs. As we make our way towards this tiny little town, I see a sign with the words, Welcome to Lockbourne, population 243. Trees line the neighborhood with a single road going down the middle and a couple small access alleys between houses. We stop shy of the sign, still in the woods behind the town. My dad initiates the conversation. 
ideas of what we should do. It's a small town, not many houses. We should be able to go straight through on the main road, I say convincingly. Why would we not risk? Why would we risk not knowing what's waiting for us? Let's go around the back and through the woods, adds Skylar as she points to the wooded area in the distance. I honestly don't prefer to be out in the open, but I also don't want to backtrack and add any more time to this trip. I vote we go straight through, says Wiley. My dad nods. I've been listening and haven't heard any noises from the houses we've approached. I think we should be fine to go straight through. Many, Maybe these people were evacuated when shit hits the fan, hit the fan. All we have to do is take the main road straight through, then cross into the field on the other side. He looks off in the distance, then continues. The buildings we need to get to will be about three quarters of a mile if we take the main road. Or maybe three plus miles if we go around. Any other thoughts on what we should do? My dad seems so matter-of-fact in his speech that I assume his last question was rhetorical and we are going to do what he wants regardless. He tends to make you feel like you're included in the decision, but manipulates you to do what he wants anyway. Which, who can blame him? Leadership is something that comes to him naturally. He takes the lead and I follow up the rear, allowing Wiley and Skylar to walk side by side in the middle of us. My dad and I are especially observant and most able to react with a weapon, so this is the obvious choice of our formation. We begin to pave our path into this rundown town. Town. It's hard to even call this place a town, more like a small village. The houses are nearly at arm's length of each other. Beater cars are parked halfway into the street and halfway into the lawns. I'm not sure if this was because of an urgency brought on by a current situation or if that was the norm here. We've already walked by two houses and so far no sign of life. We pass a house with what appears to have Christmas decorations still up from last year. I even see a few Halloween decorations. Maybe they haven't had the time to take them down or maybe they just find it easier to leave them up year round. My watch reads 9.14 a.m. and the chill of the morning is finally about to dissipate. The sun poking through the clouds is refreshing and much needed for morale. I always enjoyed this part of the year when warm weather was finally upon us and those cold rainy days of spring are long gone. I appreciate our beautiful winters here in Ohio, but for me, the hot summer days are my favorite. Spending time outside at the cabin exploring nature, that's what I want to be doing. My eyes catch a flash of something, a figure appearing in a doorway at the house to our northeast. I whisper ahead, Dad, to get his attention. He looks over his shoulder and I nod to the direction of the house. He stops walking when he sees her. There on that doorstep, completely alone, stands a school-aged girl wearing a pale blue nightgown and fuzzy purple slippers. She notices us and lethargically stares. My dad crouches slightly and motions for her to come to us. He says to her, Come here, sweetie. We won't hurt you. Are you okay? We can help you. Before he can get a response from her, if she was even going to give him one, another slightly large figure appears from around the backside of the house. It's a woman, middle-aged, slender build with unmanaged, dirty blonde hair. 
My dad says to the woman, ma'am, have you lost your daughter? There's a little girl on the front step who seems to be lost. My dad's speech is cut off when we hear a low groan escape the woman and child as they both begin to bolt toward us. He screams, run! We immediately sense the threat and take off running. Skylar has enough speed to maintain a pace with dad and me, but Wiley falls behind quickly. We dart past the convenience store and laundromat. I look to my right and see another person, but instead of chasing us, he is lying face down in his yard. I can only assume he's dead. We can't help him. I continue to hear the grunts from the woman, but the child is not as swift in maintaining our speed. I turn for a second to look over my shoulder and see that the child has actually stopped running and is now wandering aimlessly through the street. But the woman is gaining on Wiley. Panting and almost out of breath, his pace begins to slow. As soon as she gets her chance, the woman leaps toward him and grabs under one of his legs. Wiley trips and his body is viciously thrown to the ground. He screams out. Without a second thought, I turn around and start running toward him. The woman crouches over Wiley and starts punching him in the torso. He yells out in pain but is able to push her back slightly. He takes the opportunity to take his other leg and kick her in the chest, stunning her and throwing her back a few feet off of him. He sits up quickly and scoots back. My dad and I reach Wiley at the same time. I grab him from behind under his arms and try to pull him onto his feet. He's heavier than I thought. The woman regains her balance and lurches toward us, but before she can do any more damage, my dad pulls out his gun and shoots her in the knee. She falls back to the ground and screams loudly, not a scream of pain, but of frustration and anger. Skylar finally reaches Wiley and helps me pull him to his feet. A painful moan reaches his lips when he applies pressure to his foot. We each throw one of his arms over our shoulders and turn to look for some safe place to go. We need to find a place to assess his wounds. As we begin to walk away, I hear the vicious sounds escape the woman again. I look over my shoulder and see her bring herself off of the ground. My dad stands there about six feet from her. I know he's analyzing her every move. With his gun still raised and in proper shooting position, I hear him say, Please stop. I don't want to hurt you again. Let me help you. But before he can speak another word to convince her to stop, she leaps at him. There is no stopping the carnage she wishes upon us. The sound of the bullet expelling from the gun surges through my body and echoes through the eerie village. Her body lifelessly hits the ground. My dad does a quick once-over of the area surrounding us and turns quickly to catch us. When he catches up, he motions to a barn up ahead. Skylar is able to temporarily hold Wiley up on her own, so my dad and I can do recon on the barn. We do a complete sweep of the intermediate space surrounding the building. The house on the property is far enough away not to be a huge concern. I'm disappointed to see that the door to the barn is shut and the hinge and latch have been weathered together. My dad takes Wiley's arm to steady him, and I ask Skylar to get the flashlight from my backpack. She hands it to me, and I use the blunt bottom to forcefully knock the latch free. The thud is loud, and I hope we haven't drawn any more attention to ourselves, but I keep working on getting the door open. Once the lock finally cracks, Skylar and I are 
I quickly open the door far enough to squeeze in as my dad continues to support Wiley. I click the flashlight on and shine the light into the barn. Once the barn is half-assed secured, we all step inside and shut the door as quietly as possible behind us. <laughs>